new month, which means we're closer to playoff season. We're closer to the end of the regular season. And we're one step closer to finding out who our two national champions are going to be in 2023. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. It's your boy, Daniel Noel. Welcome to the Ball and Up podcast, the show where we talk about university ball up here in Canada. Daniel, before we get things started, I just want to say happy Black History Month, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Happy Black History Month to all my listeners out there. Appreciate you for supporting us. Let's keep it rolling, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to acknowledge Black History Month for real. Important month, um, especially for talking about basketball. But let's get straight to it. Listen, I think this past weekend was a very interesting weekend in the world of youth sports, men's and women's basketball. We had a couple of top 10 matchups. We had a couple of high anticipated matchups. We had a couple of upsets, right? And we had a couple of matchups that weren't that, you know, hype in terms of top 10 matchups, but were really important for seeding in all four conferences. So we're going to jump into that a little bit. And we're going to start in the Canada West Conference. And let's talk about the Winnipeg Westmen versus the UFV Cascades on the women's side. All right, because this was a big time matchup. In my opinion, this is essentially a top 10 matchup because UFV has been a team that's kind of made a home in the top 10 for the last couple of years. And Winnipeg, you already know, they can always make it run a national championship. But it was a two-game series. Here we go. Winnipeg won both games. They won the first game via a score of 85 to 82 and the second game via a score of 63 to 50. And the highlight of the weekend was Winnipeg guard Kiana Giles scoring 46 points in the first meeting in that close three-point game. Daniel, walk me through your thoughts uh, from this weekend series between these two programs. Well, like you said, it, man, this was a big Canada West showdown this weekend in Winnipeg. Uh, Fraser Valley was a team that I had within the Canada West in my early predictions in our very first episode. But as you mentioned, 85-82 Winnipeg final score the first game. This is a big back-and-forth game throughout all quarters. 14 ties and 16 lead changes, all right? So it was a, it was a very neck-and-neck game. Maddie Gobel finished that game at 38 points, and Julia, um, teammate Julia Tercer had 21 points for the Cascades. But as you said, Kiana Giles, man, 46 points, 9 rebounds, and she shot 48% from the field, and she made 16 of her 17 free throws. So she was contributing in all aspects of the game in that first game. Game two now, um, game was only tied once. I, Winnipeg had full control of this game. Kiana Giles led the way again with 16 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. And her teammate, Julia Shatowski, uh, had a nice double-double with 10 points, 11 rebounds there, too. One thing I want to note about this Winnipeg team, um, they have four L's on the season, but they have not lost a game by over 10 points. So all of their games have been fairly close. This, this is a team to watch out for for the Canada West Championship and potentially the U Sports Championship as well. I think the fact that you can have someone drop 38 points and still lose speaks to how competitive the Canada West Conference is on the women's side. Uh, you look at UFV, UFV is loaded. This is a team that for the last couple of years has been one of the standard models of consistency in the Canada West Conference. I've always been a top 10 team. I think the last couple of weeks, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, been kicked out of the top 10. But you look at this team, they got scores everywhere, right? They can bang with the best of the best. But um, I, I think the reality is this just goes to show how powerful Winnipeg is. And I think you and I have been saying it for the last couple of weeks, this is a team that a lot of people are forgetting was playing for a national championship last season. It's so funny. It's so funny because I feel like a lot of people 
don't understand how good Winnipeg is just because the Winnipeg Westmen are not one of those like out there brands. When you ask people to name you some youth sports basketball teams, they'll be like, oh, Carlton, Queens, Ottawa, UBC. Hopefully they'll say TMU. But no one's ever going to say Winnipeg. You see what I'm saying? It's a really low key. It's almost like a low key school, to be honest with you. But the reality is that team is good. And they're led by one of the best scoring guards in the nation. I think it was a great weekend a series between these two programs. And to see Winnipeg win both games and also win the second game by a much wider margin, it just, it just goes to show that, hey, like UFB is good. They're always going to be good. But Winnipeg is on a different level. Let's move over to the OUA because the OUA, as you and I both know, is a mess right now on both the men's and women's side. Nothing makes sense. And one of the games that we want to highlight is Windsor and UFT on the men's side. That was a big game. And Windsor won that game 85 to 78. My boy, Thomas Kennedy, he dropped 20 points, 12 rebounds, and two assists. While for Toronto, Callum Baker had 26 points, six rebounds, and four steals. Daniel, I'm going to give it to you first. Let me know your thoughts. Man, this was a big weekend for Thomas Kennedy and his Windsor men's team. They came to Toronto and took care of business. Um, they beat TMU in, overnight, in overtime on the Friday night. And then just went down the subway line and beat U of T 85-78, as you said. But Windsor was in control of this game all the way. They led by 17 points during the first half and did not look back. And what the crazy thing about it is U of T led in scoring in three out of the four quarters, but they weren't able to cut that deficit from that first half. As you said, Thomas Candy, 20 points, 12 rebounds. His teammate Najee Brown-Henderson, 18 points of his own. But UFT's shot selection in this game was not the greatest. Every time you felt like they were going to come back, they just, you know, two bad possessions. And I think consistency is a team is a, is a thing that this UFT team needs to work on. You know, I mean, you can't get you can't beat Carlton on Friday night and then get blown out by Ottawa and then beat a mid-tier team and then, you know, lose to Windsor, especially on your home court as well, too. Um UFT, they play Brock in St. Catharines this Friday. Hopefully they can bounce back and kind of get back into the winning column this um, upcoming weekend. I think it was a tough loss for UFT. I think it was a tough loss for UFT, mainly because of the division that they play in. You and I talk about it all the time, the OUA Central, my favorite word, a bloodbath. And the difference between the first and the fifth seed in that division is only three games and U of T is right in the middle at the three seed. So I think for them, it's a tough loss because you're late in the season. Standings are close. Someone's not making the playoffs. All right. A couple teams are not making the playoffs. You don't want to be in that bunch. I think for them, tough loss just because of seeding. Uh, Windsor's fine. They're fine. They, they're going to win their division by a long shot. Their next best team in that division is, is Laurier. Ain't nobody talking about Laurier. With all due respect to the Golden Hawks. For UFT, tough loss. And low-key, they're on a two-game losing streak. I think everyone remembers the win against Carlton. And I think the win against Carlton and the hype around that made people kind of overlook the loss against Ottawa. Ottawa. Yeah, <laughs> no one really kind of took it in because everyone was still hype about the win against Carlton, right? But no one remembers that the next day they got blown out by the GG. Yep. So um, they're on a two-game losing streak now. And I think the reality is you talk about consistency. We got to remember, this is a team that's up and coming, right? And this is a team that's not used to winning, a program that's not used to winning, right? You and I both say it all the time. This is probably their best team of the last 10 years. When you have a team that's on the come up, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some things you have to figure out. You have to learn things the hard way. And one of those things that you're going to have to learn is that when you're not consistent, there's a price to pay. So uh, for U of T, 
their lack of consistency is going to equal a price to pay. And that price to pay is going to be a crucial loss late in the season when you need those wins, when the standings are close. Uh, so we'll see if U of T can bounce back. Like you said, they got Brock, number five team in the nation. No one's talking about Brock, number five team in the nation. We got to put some respect on their name. The Brock Badges are the number five team in the nation, and no one is talking about them. They've, they're probably the defending, most quiet. Defending OUA champs. There you go. They're probably the most quiet top 10 team right now that no one is talking about because everyone's all caught up in this whole Queens, Ottawa, Carlton business, this UVic business, all that stuff. No one's talking about the Brock Badgers. That's a top five team in the nation. So that's going to be another big test for UFT come this weekend. But that's a big opportunity to once again put the nation on notice. All right. So we'll see how UFT reacts to that. Windsor took care of business. They got their two wins. They're going to be fine. I'm curious to see what they do in the playoffs because that's a team that many people have high expectations for because of that young man named Thomas Candy. So we'll see what goes on there. Let's stay in the OUA. Let's switch over to the third game we'll be covering for this episode, and that is Carlton versus Queens on the men's side, a game that you and I had pegged as the game of the week. Persevere had pegged as the game of the week, and Carlton won this game. 103 to 89. Listen, Aiden Warholz had 28 points. Grant Shepard had 21 points. They did their thing. And on the Queen side, Cameron Bear had a career high 35 points. Daniel, Mike is yours. Let me know your thoughts. This was the second meeting between these two teams, these two OUA East powerhouses. All right. Queens won the first matchup. Very convincing. I believe it was 16 points, 14 points. However, Carlton came to play last Friday night. They looked like they had a chip on their shoulders. Like they heard our last episode and we were like, you know what? We got to shake back. And they won both games. They won against Queens. They won against um, Ontario Tech as well. But this game was a good game. It was tied at 75 at one point. But every time you felt like Queens was going to come back, Carlton made a big play to kill Queens' momentum. And honestly, even though it's still like we're, I guess we're in the midpoint or mid-later point of the season, but I saw this game as a must-win for Carlton, in my opinion, because you don't want to give up, uh, you don't want to get swept, like swept by Queens. You know what I mean? That's your OUA East rival. You don't want to get swept in the season series. It's embarrassing, especially on your home court. As you mentioned, Aiden Warnholtz, he really stepped up for the Ravens. 28 points, seven rebounds, five assists. Grad Shepard, two with the double-double, 21 points, 11 boards. And these are the kind of performances that you and I have expected from these two. We expected them to take, um, you know, the crown after Lloyd Pandy and Alan Louis left, you know, and we haven't really felt like they've been consistent with that. But Friday night, you know, they were both over 20 points and they, contra- they contributed to their team well as well. And hopefully it stays that way for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm not going to give Aiden Warholz and Grant Shepard any big ups for that performance that they had this past weekend because the reality is you should be doing that. So I ain't going to give you shout outs for that. We ain't going to give them shout outs on this show for that because that's what you should be doing. That's what you should, you should always be doing because that's what you're capable of. Grant Shepard, in my opinion, he should be one of the most dominant players in the country. These are the type of performances that we expect from the Carlton Ravens. And you made a really good point there. There were so many times in this game where Carlton would have a lead and Queens would make a run and come back and try to tie the game. And Carlton would just kill that momentum, whether it be with a big three, a big block, or a great defensive stance. Those are the moments that you look for in a championship team. How can you handle adversity? I'm, I was watching that game, and every time Queens would march back, I would have flashbacks to last week when Carlton faced TMU, and they blew that lead. And I would say, okay, how is Carlton going to react now? 
because you got a much better team than TMU. You got the number four team in the nation and saying, we're going to come back in this thing. And we're going to try to take this lead and upset y'all at home and sweep y'all for the season. But every time that this Carlton squad was faced with adversity, they were able to respond, stay calm, cool, and collected, and hit their shots. Listen to this. Last week on this show, I brought up field goal percentage and consistency. Remember, last week, that field goal percentage started high, and it just declined as the game went on. All right, here you go. But let's look at what Carlton did this week. First quarter, they shot 57.1% from the field. First quarter. Second quarter, they shot 41.2% from the field. So it starts to go down a little bit. All right, went into halftime with the lead. Third quarter, 53.3% from the field. They had a great bounce back third quarter. And then they closed out the game shooting 44% from the field. That's the consistency that you need to showcase if you want to win a national championship. And if they showcase that consistency the rest of the way, they're going to have a chance to win an OUA championship and they have a chance to win a national championship. And that is the reality. All right. So what we saw from the Carlton Ravens this week, and I think that's what the fans in Ottawa expect from their program, from their team. I think it was a great win for Carlton. You made a great point there. I think it was must win too. I think it was must win. If they lose three straight, I don't know how they respond. I don't know how they react. I think I see this team as dead in the water if they lose three straight, but they didn't. Queens, tough loss for them, but hey, they came back two nights later and they had their win against Ottawa. So they split the weekend in Ottawa. They did their thing. Let's talk about the top 10, shall we? Yes, I think the top 10. I think the top 10 this week was a little bit interesting. What do you want to start with? You want to start with the men's or the women's? You know what? Let's start with the men's. Let's start with the men's. Okay, let's start with the men's. Here we go. In at number one on this week's top 10, we got the Victoria Vikes back in the number one spot after a brief hiatus with a 14-2 and two record. Then we got the Carlton Ravens jumping back up to number two with a 13-4 and four record. The Ottawa GGs are in at number three with a 14-3 and three record. The Queens Gales stay stagnant at number four with a 14-2 and two record. Brock Badgers, number five. 13 and 3 record. Number six, the Alberta Golden Bears. Listen, this is a pretty definitive winning record now, eh? Remember a couple weeks ago, we were joking about this team saying they're 500. How the hell are they on the top 10? This is an 11 and 5 record from Alberta. So they've turned it around. That's crazy. I just wanted to talk about that briefly because I think it's like. Yeah, now, gra- I, have, I have many opinions on it, but we'll talk about it after you well, go through the list. Listen, now, granted, they still don't know what their name is. They got to choose their name. Are they Pandas <laughs> or Golden Bears? But I just got to say, like, man, they've been shutting us up. And then we got St. FX. Right in at number seven, a 13 and three record. Number eight, Manitoba Bisons, 15 and one record. Oh my gosh, these Manitoba Bisons fans are very angry that their team is number eight in the nation with a 15 and one record. Number nine, UBC Thunderbirds with an 11 and five record. They've bounced back. They've bounced back. And then at number 10, whoa, at number 10, this shocked me. I'm not even going to lie to you. The Winnipeg Westmen, not the women's team, the men's team. In at number 10 with a 13 and 3 record. Let's talk about it. Give me your thoughts, Daniel. Man, Uvic back at the number one spot. And I, I like that. I'm okay with that because there wasn't a reason for them to get moved down last week. I felt like I think they put Ottawa up there because of the dominant win over U of T and TMU. But we're, like I think they're gonna be moved um after Queens and Ottawa play again. Because I think like that game, then they're gonna be like, okay, we we know who the number one team in the nation is based on what we see. My question is, where is Lakehead? Lakehead is at 13-3 and three right now. They beat Brock, who's in the top five, and they beat Ottawa, who sits at number three right now in the country. 
there's no reason to take Lake Cat off the list when all they've been doing is winning and handling their business. I think it's like a little, it's, I think it's disrespectful because they're a small school and they're not that bigger name, like you said, Winnipeg is. But the uh, fact of the matter is they beat Brock, they beat Auto Order 13 and 3. They have a legitimate, legitimate chance of winning the OUA championship, but they're not even on the top 10. They got bounced out and you kept you put Winnipeg there instead. I don't really know. I don't know about that, but I, I am a fan of Winnipeg though at number 10 because they only have three L's on the season and two came against the number one team, UVic. Also, it's kind of sad too that we'll never get to see St. FX in the top five. I feel like they deserved it multiple times throughout the season. And now that Alberta and UBC are getting hot, St. FX is just going to stay stagnant at that number seven spot, unfortunately. Okay, hold on, hold on. Quick question though. Do you really think Lakehead has a chance to win an OUA championship? Let's let's be honest. Do you really think Lakehead has a chance to win an OUA championship? Let me know. I, I think it's very possible. You know, like you have Ottawa, the number three team in the country at 14 and three. Lakehead is 13 and three, and they also beat Ottawa, but Lakehead is nowhere to be found on the top 10. They also beat Brock. Now, mind you, they also did lose to Brock as well, too but they're still not on the top 10. Now, I'm not saying they will win the OUA, but they have a chance. They have a chance. They're still yet to play Carlton, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season, but they have a chance. They have a better chance than, I'll tell you, any OUA West team. They have a better chance than Carlton, I think, in my opinion, but I think they deserve a top 10 spot. I don't know who you take out. I'd say maybe you take out UBC, but... We'll see what happens, man. It's getting down to that nitty-gritty part of the season where teams' records now are becoming a lot closer in this top 10 men's. You know what I mean? You had Alberta that was 4-4 four and four on there a few weeks ago, but now they're 11-5. and five. So they've, they've turned things around. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. But I think Lakehead, they, there's no reason for them to be off the top 10. I think putting Winnipeg in on this list was a little bit premature. Looking at their schedule, their next two games are against Manitoba. Wait until they face Manitoba, and then let's see what's going on. Now, granted, you know what? U Sports wants to make some money. Having a top 10 matchup, Manitoba versus Winnipeg, coming up this weekend, it's going to look good. I get it. But I think for this Winnipeg team, wait a little bit. Right now, granted, they walk, if they face Manitoba and they catch two dubs, put them on the list. Right? What do we do if, we, if they split the series now? We're about to realize if Manitoba is real or not. Because now this is technically Manitoba's, for a lot of people, people are saying this is Manitoba's first real, real challenge this season. They, they, they beat Alberta twice earlier in the season. You know what I mean? Because that's where it gets confusing now. Because you have Alberta there at 11-5 and five at number 6. But you have Manitoba, who's actually atop the Canada West Conference right now, based on record, in at number 8. But they beat Alberta twice in the season. Does it make sense? Nope. No. My thing is this. If they were to split the series against Manitoba, I don't think that would give you any reason to put Winnipeg on the list. Now, would you move Manitoba down based on that? Absolutely. Because, again, for a lot of people, it is the schedule that this team has. Manitoba fans, Bison fans, I want to let you know, the reason why your team is ranked eighth in the nation with a 15-1 and record and first in the Canada West Conference is because of the competition your team is facing. That is the reality. 
That is the truth. Now, obviously, there's some historical context that goes into top 10 voting and all that stuff, calculations, all that stuff. But what it does also come down to is these are the teams you're facing. And it's not your fault. It's geographical purposes. It's a little bit tough for y'all to fly all the way to BC and take on UBC, fly all the way to BC, take on Victoria. Like it's it's tough, right? So this is the reality. Y'all got a top 10 matchup this weekend, two top 10 matchups against the number 10 team in the nation. If y'all can win those two games, validate yourselves a little bit more, maybe y'all will move up in the rankings. Uh, but if you lose these two games, people are going to be looking at you sideways because people are going to be saying, oh my gosh, you're 15 and one, you're losing to Winnipeg, right? What's going to happen if you were to face a UVic? What's going to happen if you were to face a UBC? I think there's going to be a lot of interesting eyes on that Winnipeg-Manitoba matchup this upcoming weekend because I think those are two teams that people have a lot of question marks around. I have a lot of question marks around those two teams, to be honest with you. So we'll see how that pans out. Aside from that, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit it's a little bit sad that St. FX will never move up. But the reality is they also don't have any top 10 opponents to face. Get them to the but dance. You and, I, you and I both know. We know. We do. know. We know. We, yo, we know. We know. But let's get them to the dance. Let them do their thing, right? Get them to the, the, the championship tournament. Let them do their thing. Queens, I don't think they're going to move the rest of the season, to be honest with you. I think they're in a number four for the rest of the season. And then I think the rest of the season, you might have like a rotation between like UVic, Carlton, Ottawa. That's how I see it. Brock is going to stay the same. Alberta is going to stay the same. I don't see anything else changing. So uh, this top 10, I like how now we're at a point in the season where, like you said, the records are becoming closer. You are seeing more clarity in why teams are on the list. You're not just looking at record and saying, why is this team on the list? They have a 500 record. I think if... You know, if Alberta was 500 right now and they were on the list, I'd say there's definitely some money being passed around <laughs> on the table, but they're not, and they're still on the list. So I like this top 10. No issues here. Just that bottom part right there with 8 and 10. We'll see how that sets itself out. Let's switch over to the women's side. Back at number one, my squad, my Regina Cougars, 14-2 and two record, Carlton Ravens. Whoa, whoa. Number two, Carlton Ravens. Wasn't there a point this season where they were like number nine? Yep. And look at that. They've come all the way back up to challenging for that number one spot in the nation. That's quite incredible. They have a 15 and two record. And at number three, your Saskatchewan Huskies, 14 and two. Number four, the Queens Gales, who suffered their first loss this season, no longer undefeated. They're uh, 15 and one. Number five, Winnipeg Westman, 12 and four. Number six, Acadia Axe Women, 12 and three. Number seven, the Alberta Pandas at 13 and three. Number eight, the Ottawa GGs. Wow. Literally, it feels like just two weeks ago, they were the number one team in the nation. But now they're number eight. (laughs) Yeah. 15 and two record. Number nine, the Bishops Gators, eight and two. And in at number 10, Sarah Gates and the McMaster Marauders, still alive, still on the list, 12 and four. Give me your thoughts, Daniel. I think Ottawa dropped way too far down. Way too far down. When Carlton on the men's side lost, they still stayed in the top five. They went from number one. Now hear me out though. Like they went, Ottawa went from the number one team in the country to shoot all the way down to number eight. That kind of blows my mind. Like they, how did they go? <laughs> they're they're ranked lower than Acadia, and like they're almost ranked lower than Bishops, pretty much. That's kind of like a, a slap in the face to the Ottawa GG women's program. Like, you know what I mean? And all they did, they just lost two games. That was it. And like, we've been over this. Regina has lost two games too. 
so what what's the difference why are we keeping teams i don't know a little question about that i can understand you moving them down but to move them down from like one seed two weeks ago and then now they're at the eight seed is kind of just like okay wow even queens being moved down too i get it like carlton took care of business against queens uh, on the weekend but for them to move down they only lost one game and for them to move on from like the top three spot now to number four i don't know but carlton does deserve that number two spot too so uh, the men's and the women's top 10 is, is very like we don't know who to take in and who to move in like we have good cases for teams that should be in the top 10 but I don't know who I'd take out from this list. You know what I mean? Because Carlton Women's are on a nine-game winning streak right now. A very quiet nine-game winning streak. So congrats to them. But I also think teams like either Guelph or even Waterloo right now in this moment have stronger cases over Bishops currently. I think right now. Shout out to those Sass Huskies, though. They're on a 12-game winning streak. Carlton's on a nine-game winning streak. Sass is on a 12-game winning streak as well. And you want to hear the crazy thing about it? Their first two games that they lost came against Regina. Since then, they haven't lost. I actually have here written down, get Bishops out. Why are they in the top 10? Seriously. I, I don't know. I, I get it. Like you have Amit uh, Siciliano. She's one of the best players in the country right now. I understand that. But look at McMaster. Sir Gates was one of the best players in the country too. And they only got ranked last week in at number 10. But Bishops at one point was... Second in the nation. I don't understand it. Like I said, I think even teams like Guelph, Waterloo make stronger cases. Um, even Fraser Valley has a stronger case than Bishops, in my opinion, to be on the top 10. Where are they? Where are they? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of questions. And then even Acadia, I get it. They're the reigning AUS champions, et cetera, et cetera. But again, who have they played? Fraser Valley plays a way tougher schedule. And they're almost identical record to Acadia right now. Same thing for Guelph and Waterloo as well. So those are all things that I'm taking into consideration now going into the top 10, moving as we get closer into, you know, that quote-unquote March madness for the U-sport. So there are, I think there are plenty of teams that have a legitimate case to be on the top 10 over the Bishop Skaters. I'm looking at UFV, 11 and 5. I'm looking at the Waterloo Warriors, 12 and 4. And they play in the same division as the Guelph Griffins, who are also 12 and 4. And they play in the same division as the Western Mustangs, who don't have the best record. They're 9 and 7, but they got ballers on that team. There, were, there was once upon a time on this show where I remember you thinking the Western Mustangs had a legitimate chance to win an OUA championship, yep. which at the time was not a, which, which no, it wasn't an outlandish thought at the time. Now it's a little bit outlandish, but at the time, solid because they had, they have some solid players. I think having bishops in the top ten kind of clogs things up and makes it a little bit more weird for some of these other teams that are that are clearly deserving. Um, you and I talking about UFV bringing Winnipeg to the limit and us forgetting that that's not a top ten matchup because UFV can't get in. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's interesting to me. Now, maybe someone's paying on that side. I don't know. <laughs> Ottawa falling literally eight spots over the last two weeks. I think that's like really eye-opening. I feel kind of weird about them falling four spots this week because they lost to the number one team in the nation at the time. Mm-hmm. Is that really an upset? No. They and lost they were on the road too. Yeah, they were on the road. You know, so but what I really give 
Ottawa that much of a drop in the list for their recent loss to the then number one team in the nation? Absolutely not. Even looking at Queens dropping from number one down to number four, who did they lose to? They lost to a 15-win Carlton team. Is that anything to really cry over? Not really, right? So it's, it's weird because think about it like this. I look at when Ottawa was number one and they lost, they fell four spots. When Queens was number one and they lost, they fell four spots, right? So they both got the same penalty, they, but they both got the same demotion. But here's the thing. Who did Ottawa lose to? A TMU team that's unranked, was 500, and is, like, has a good chance of not making the playoffs. Whereas Queens, when they suffered their first loss, who was it to? A Carlton team that is gunning to be the number one team in the nation and has a very good chance of winning a national championship. So, again, you can't give the same type of demotion in ranking when who they lose to is completely different. It's two completely different stories. Everyone in the country was talking about TMU beating Ottawa. Not a lot of people are really talking about Carlton beating Queens. Because there was, we all know that we all knew there was a good chance it could happen, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's interesting. I think um, you look at these rankings and you scratch your head every week. The best way to describe it, on my in my opinion, is there's things that makes like perfect sense, and there are some things that make absolutely no sense. And that's why we'll always be on this show questioning what the hell's going on, because there will never be answers to everything. There'll always be questions that always go unanswered. Listen, at the end of the day. Another great week of U Sports, men's and women's basketball. I think we can both agree on that. Daniel, before we sign off, is there anything that you're looking forward to this upcoming weekend? Man, we thought last weekend was crazy, but this weekend, oh my goodness. Uh, U Sask Women's versus U Alberta Women's. That's on February 3rd. Carlton versus U Ottawa Women's, February 3rd as well. Uh, U of T at Brock as well this weekend. Number 10, Winnipeg versus num- uh, number 8, Manitoba on the men's side. So just, just like you go, we got to be glued in this weekend. Everybody, if you're a U Sports fan, you got to get locked into your OUA TV, um, Canada West TV if you have a subscription. <laughs> but um, it's gonna be a good weekend of basketball. I'm looking forward to it. That's that's it. That's it for me, man. Just look forward to this weekend. Last weekend was crazy, but I think every weekend now it's gonna get crazier and crazier as the wins and losses, the margin of error. It's like it's small now. You can't lose now. Carlton versus Ottawa Women's. You know, that's a, that's a bloodbath. Your word, that's a bloodbath right there. You know what I mean? So Winnipeg versus Manitoba, that battle of the province there. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a very interesting weekend. Um, tune in for sure, man. Yeah, no, I think this weekend's looking really good. And I said it before, I'm glued into Winnipeg, Manitoba. I think there's a lot to learn in that game. I'm also glued into uh, UFT versus Brock because I think for UFT, Every game now is must win. And you know what I'm saying? You get to go up against the number five team in the nation, make a statement, and help make a case for the playoffs. So I love watching UFT play, but it's because I'm biased and I love the UFT varsity blues as much as I love every other Toronto team. I love TMU. York, I don't really love y'all that much. You get the point. You get the point. Um, and then of course we have the the Capital Hoops Classic. You talk about Carlton and Ottawa, Capital Hoops Classic. And that's happening at uh, TD Place, right? So that's pretty big. We'll be we'll keeping our eyes on that. But listen, another great week of U Sports basketball. If you made this far in the podcast, big ups to you. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
This is Deshaun Stevens and your boy Daniel Noel signing off from another episode of the Ballin' Up podcast. Peace and blessings always.